Welcome to Raw Relationships, the podcast that keeps relationships real and wonderful. I'm Melissa, and I'm your host. Welcome, everyone, listening to the podcast. Tonight, I have on Sebastian Sloven. Uh, he has been here before. He was here, I want to say, a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, um, with his book, uh, Ashes in the Ocean. Um, I'm going to tell you a bit about him, and then we're going to bring him right in. So uh, Sebastian grew up in La Jolla, California, and traveled extensively as a professional bodyboarder. Through his travels, Sebastian developed a deep love and appreciation for our natural world, and at the same time was drawn to the practice of yoga. As a young boy, he lost his father to suicide, which would later deeply inspire his path in life. He holds a B.A., in environmental policy from San Diego State University and an MA in leadership studies from the University of San Diego. He and his wife, Sonia, founded Nature Unplugged, which focuses on cultivating wellness through healthier relationships with technology and a deeper connection to nature. He is also the author of The Adventures of Inu, and ashes in the ocean. When he is not writing or working on Nature Unplugged, Sebastian enjoys swimming, body surfing, surfing, and stand-up paddling, pretty much all things in the wild Pacific Ocean. So without further ado, let's welcome Sebastian. Welcome, Sebastian. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's so good to talk to you again. I know our last interview was, was definitely a hit with our listeners and uh, with myself as well. Yeah, well, it's always a pleasure to be on, so I appreciate appreciate being back on. Yeah. So tell us about uh, Nature Unplugged. Tell us what your vision is, what, what this program is. Sure, yeah. So, you know, as you mentioned in the intro for the bio that, um, so I partner, I co-founded it with my partner, Sonia, and Basically, we saw this, you know, rapidly advancing, rapid growth in technology, which, of course, has some wonderful qualities or benefits to that. And there's also some, some challenging aspects to that. And so we saw this need for educating, you know, younger people and emerging leaders on how to cultivate healthy relationships with nature and technology. And so we have created a few different programs. We offer coaching, workshops, and retreats basically with this in mind to create healthy relationships with technology and, you know, reconnect to nature. Right. Right. Which is, which is important. I find for myself, at least nature, like I know when I need to get away, you know, I, I don't go to my cell phone to get away. I get outside and breathe in the fresh air and listen to the birds. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so many people, um, I find that's what they do is mindless, whatever's mindless, right? And I right. think, do you think that's where, why, why the technology is so intriguing to people? Yeah, it's a, it's a, I think a complex, you know, reason. You know, I, I think there's an aspect to this where, I think back in the day with. Um, more analog types of technology like old-fashioned phones and 
TVs and stuff, it was technology was pretty neutral in that, you know, mm-hmm. people could you know, step in and use it when they wanted to and step away from it. And yeah. I think what we have now is a, a shift in that where we have very, very smart people studying neuroscience, studying what makes people, you know, addicted in the, and studying what makes people engage or how to get people to engage. And they're, you know, in encoding that into the technology behind, you know, apps on smartphones and, and so forth. So we have, I, I don't think it's, you know, necessarily the, the consumer's fault mm-hmm. to, you know, to get wrapped up in it. They're like, is, they are designed to make you want the like or want the next, you know, whatever the, you know, the app, the reward is. Right. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, for sure. And I so think it's kind of a it strokes yeah. the ego maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's like a little hit of dopamine. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of the same, the same sort of mechanism behind a gambling addiction or something like that. Right. And right. and I think what you were saying earlier about, you know, having a sort of a mindless thing to do. I think it's now something that we have with us all the time, or most people do. And mm-hmm. if there's even um, you know a moment of of boredom or space, you know, that's where and generally people go is like what's What's going on? What's going on in my newsfeed or what's going on on social media? There's very yeah. little, you know, boredom anymore, which I think is an issue. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And I think like, and even like little kids, like I, I'm even guilty of it um, until just recently when the iPad broke. <laughs> um, <but laughs> yeah. My yeah. My four year old is like, you know, it, it keeps him busy. It keeps him occupied and it gives me time to do certain things, but it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Like I think it's almost like the spirit telling me this thing has to be broken. It's too much. right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and I yeah. found that, you know, it was like a babysitter. It was, you know, he did learn things, you know, obviously I controlled what he, what he watched on there and it was right. good for some things. Like he learned all, like, he knows all his colors, his numbers and everything else just from the iPad. Um, but, you know, there's also the, um, won't go to the bathroom when he needs to because he's so focused on the iPad, you know? Yeah, and with yeah, wow. with his toys, he's not like that. So th- that's where I I agree with you. With uh, it's like they've plugged something into it to make you actually become one with it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah. it's pretty amazing, and it's pretty scary at the same time. And I think mm-hmm. I want to point out that both Sonia and myself, you know, we're not like completely unplugged, living in a yurt on a mountaintop, you oh, know, somewhere. Sure. We yeah. we are in the city. Uh, we we. We love technology, and there's, I mean, incredible benefits to technology. And so I think our, yeah. where we're coming from is, is not saying we're not anti-tech by any means, but let's mm-hmm. kind of bring some balance back, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the, the huge thing. It's not that because it is, you know, the technology is good. I mean, it's, it's useful information, um, but, you know, if you're not aware of the balance right that's and that's awesome that I that you guys do that because you know I think that's huge because a lot of people think well I just have to put it down you know I have to get rid of it it's like a a smoking habit or something else but it doesn't have to be that way so I think balance is definitely key for sure now how how do you suggest to people to do that to to put that balance in there what's a good way to start that yeah it's a great question and 
you know, are you kind of, are you talking about coming at it from like a, a parent perspective, like with, with children or more just like general? Well, I think for anybody, tips? for anybody, kids, you know, kids included, because I think a lot of parents are, are like me and they just don't, you know, they don't see it as a problem, but I think it could create a problem. So if they balance it when the kids are little, then you don't have to worry about them when they get older, right? Right, absolutely. A lot of a lot of the modeling that the parents do is is also huge too, right? Yeah, I think that was actually where I was gonna what I was gonna say. I think is that if you're talking mm-hmm. about I think the parent and kid relationship, I think the most important thing is modeling the behavior that mm-hmm. you want to see. I think mm-hmm. that's you know with anything really, but I think we we work mostly with young people, adolescents. We don't have mm-hmm. kids ourselves, but we work a lot with kids, and yeah. this is something we see a lot is kind of the, the parents having a really, you know, really passionate about their kids being on the device too much or having poor boundaries with whatever, the phone, video games, or what have you. And mm-hmm. they're kind of doing the same thing with, with their phone. Maybe it's not video games, but it's like the news or right. whatever. And so, you know, practicing what you preach, it's, you know, fairly straightforward, but I think that's, I think, a really, really important piece of mm-hmm. the puzzle. And... I think aside from that, um, creating, you know, tech-free spaces in your home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a room that's designated tech-free or, or even activities that are designated tech-free. I think, you know, there's probably a lot of people out there listening to this that do that already. Maybe it's around like a family meal. But I think being mm-hmm. really intentional about that and having spaces, you know, uh, in the day, routines with the family that are, technology-free can be a really helpful practice. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, I was actually talking to a, a guy that went, he was, he had said he went for dinner and there was about 10 people there um, and he looked over at the table across from him and nine of the people were all on their cell phones and this poor 90-year-old man was sitting there just kind of like, looking around because <laughs> yeah. nobody was even talking and that's like to me that's a boundary no cell phones at the table ever <laughs> like yeah. dinner time yeah. is dinner time and, and that there's just no question it was the same with the tv right when you right. eat dinner that's special time that families have so i agree with uh, that and that is that part of your um by setting healthy boundaries that's part kind of part of that too right Correct. Yeah, that's, you know, so we encourage a lot of that work with people on that. I think, you know, one thing around, let's say maybe it's not a family dinner, but, you know, you're out at a restaurant with friends and it's so, I mean, this happens to me all the time with either with friends or I see it in restaurants where people are just out together eating, mm-hmm. but no one's interacting. Everyone's on their phone. One, yeah. one kind of game you could do with that is every, you know, everyone puts their phone on the table face down just has it out there. So there's no like looking at it, you know, by the pocket or underneath the table. And the first yeah. person to look at the first person to look at their phone, picks up the bill. <laughs> oh, that works. That's a great. Well, yeah. yeah. That's a great. You make it to... again, make it again. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I'd also want to want to just clarify that, you know, like healthy boundaries with technologies that I think a really important part of what we're interested in, in teaching and, and uh, helping people with uh, mm-hmm. And not coming just solely from the, the 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 view of boundaries, especially when working with young people. If we're, you know, my experience with that is if I'm coming out at them with just here's what you're doing wrong, you're doing too much of this, you know, 
mm-hmm. create a tech-free zone. It, there's a lot of pushback or that can be. So we're really yeah. interested in, like, what do people, and this varies by individual, but what are people really, like, what are people interested in outside of the tech world, you know? So maybe it's going, and in nature, so like maybe it's climbing trees or going on hikes or whatever, trying to figure out what gets them excited outside and, and mm-hmm. framing it that way as opposed to the, all the things they can't do. Yeah, yeah. That, to me, makes perfect sense. I think um, I think what you guys are doing uh, is just phenomenal, and especially um, starting with the younger, the adolescents, because that's where it's got to start, I think. Um, any thoughts on, like, working with schools in the future? Yeah, actually, we are in the process of, of pivoting our work or our focus. In the past, we've been mainly working, as I mentioned, with adolescents, but in a one-on-one capacity, like one-on-one coaching. Yeah. And, and what, we're, what we've done some in the past and we're aiming to do more of is working more in groups, doing workshops and retreats. And so we've done some work in schools that come in and mm-hmm. delivered presentations. And mm-hmm. we're starting to also do work with young adults and, uh, in college settings, so going into universities and doing workshops Perfect, and some retreats yeah. and things like that. But yeah, that's our interest yeah. is going more, going more um, into schools, into systems instead yeah. of, or in addition to doing one-on-one work. Yeah. This, and then that way you can kind of reach more, more people at the same time. Right. Um, yeah. So with your one-on-one work, would it be like, would it be a parent of a, of a adolescent that would usually call you and, and say, my kid just won't get off his phone, blah, 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 blah. Is that kind of how that would work? Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much mm-hmm. it's how it works. Is usually a parent reaching out, or we get referrals from you know, various organizations. But parent reaching out, mm-hmm. you know, for example, you know, my my son, you know, spends, you know, I can't get him off his video games, or that's all he wants to do all the time. And mm-hmm. then we'll set up a you know consultation and see kind of what makes sense. And then um, we have a an eight week program that we we'll take people through and there's some kind of set themes for each week. So we meet once a week for eight weeks. There's a set theme for each week. And there's also, I think it's individualized based on that person's needs. And so there's room for coaching in the moment and and different activities. But we we like to pair, you know, what we teach with um, experiences. So we'll Mm -hmm. teach uh, one of our themes, is mindfulness. So we'll, you know, give a you know basic overview of mindfulness, practice and mindfulness practices, and mm-hmm. you know something like like do a yoga session during our one-on-one right. time to give them experience, like a felt experience of what that's like. And then there's yeah. some there's some challenges and kind of some ho- some homework or challenges that help reinforce the learning. Yeah. So quickly before I before I let you go because I know you're a busy guy and it's late where you're at or no you're earlier than me I think. I'm earlier anyway. yeah I got yeah. on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm so used to uh, Eastern time and I'm like oh, yeah, right. ten o'clock their time and they're yeah okay so um, you said mindfulness so can yeah. for our listeners can you kind of just go a little more on that what is mindfulness and how they can practice it if they're not already? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great question. So mindfulness is, it's pretty hip right now. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's um, in. So there's a lot of 
wonderful resources out there online and, and it's kind of all over the place. But mindfulness essentially is, you know, paying attention on purpose in the present moment, you know, and non-judgmentally. That's kind of a general definition. So you're in the moment and you're aware of, you know, your surroundings, what you're thinking. It's kind of like pulling back and being able to observe your thoughts, emotions, etc. Right. There's a lot of a lot of practices that you can do to cultivate mindfulness, right? And and that's very much, I think, what it is, is a think about it like a muscle that you can train, like going to the gym or working out. It is mm-hmm. a, the practice of mindfulness is something to be, you know, to do, and you can build that capacity over time. Right. So things like. Right. And it's kind of a practice, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Practice. And so mm-hmm. things like a, you know, breathing meditation where you set aside five, ten minutes or longer or shorter to just focus on each inhale and each exhale. And that is your kind of anchor point. And then noticing you know, after a few breaths, your mind may wander off. And then just kind of noticing that and when it wanders off and then bring it back, you know, with compassion, bring your attention back to your breath. And yeah. in a session, in a five-minute session, you may do that, you know, 50 times. It, and it, mm-hmm. it, and that's uh, a successful session. It's just noticing yeah. when it's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I um, I learned about mindfulness, oh, I want to say about just about 10 years ago now. Yeah. And I make it a practice. Every night I have a bath, I have a routine, and I just, it's my quiet time. There's no kids. There's nobody bugging me. And I just take that five minutes. And at first it was really hard. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I would it's let hard. the thoughts come in and and just feel them and then just let them go by. And it was I would almost envision them like like a screen rolling by, you know. And yeah. that really worked for me because now I mean I started at like you said fifty thoughts in five minutes, and now I'm at like maybe two or three. I can actually right. just breathe and relax. And, and again, like you said, no judgment. There's no, oh, you're an idiot. Quit thinking that, you know, because right. our, our brain just kind of works like that, right? And right. sometimes right. you can't stop it. But if you're mindful of it, then you can control it and you're aware, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the, you know, the, the point of a practice like that, I think it's really, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of research on this. There's a lot of wonderful benefits emotionally, you know, physically, psychologically, Etc. But the mm-hmm. but the point I think is to be able to use that uh, that practice when things get not just in times of peace, but when things get intense or chaotic mm-hmm. or there's a lot going on, and you can center and bring it into your life when you need it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think right. I think also this is we touched on this earlier, but when it comes to technology, and especially I think this is especially true for young people, but true I think for adults as well. But because of this, these devices, smart, smartphones, you know, any time that we could be practicing mindfulness, like, you, you know, going, you know, walking in, you know, somewhere or waiting in line at a grocery store or, you know, places like that in day to day, it is so common for people just to reach for the phone and distract and kind of go into that, that vortex. So it's, I think the it's particularly powerful. Yeah, yeah, it's like exactly. the opposite. It's mindless scrolling is what I call it. and I do it I mean I I am not perfect and I, I catch myself but I can catch myself and then I put my phone down <laughs> yeah and I, I do it too we yeah we're yeah. absolutely you know it's we're learning as absolutely learning as well 
Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. I think it's just a, it's a also, you know, think about those times where we reach for the phone. It's often times where we need to practice mindfulness. In other words, maybe something uncomfortable just happened or there's like, you know, an awkward mm, yeah. silence. And, and instead of feeling what's happening, we are, mm-hmm. and I'm speaking, you know, for myself and a lot of times, we'll reach for the phone to kind of avoid the discomfort. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense to me, actually, when you say that. It's like an epiphany because I think that does happen, you know. Um, like I know for myself, when I go to the doctor's office or the dentist and I'm in a waiting room, I always have had this weird, awkward feeling sitting around a bunch of strangers. <laughs> like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Me, it's a safe spot to go to my phone because then it's like they're not thinking about me. They're not looking at me funny because <laughs> you know? yeah. I don't care because I'm looking at my phone. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty yeah. unlikely that you're going to get rejected by your phone. You know what I mean? You reach out to someone, yeah. a stranger yeah. and say like, How, how's it going? You know, you're likely not going to be rejected, but you know, yeah. you're less likely if you uh, are on your phone, you know, less likely for something yeah. like that to happen. But that's, yeah, exactly. I think, a really, really good example and a really good point. I mean, in the last time you had me on, you know, we were talking about a book I recently wrote about my dad's suicide, right? And, we, and mm-hmm. you have a, a similar experience. And, mm-hmm. you know, talking about, we talked about suicide and mental health. And I think this is a really big piece of it. You know, that book to me is like why I'm passionate about this stuff with mindfulness and nature and kind of wellness in this, in this manner, because think about how isolated people are getting with, you know, you're in the waiting room and instead of connecting with someone face to face in real life, we're going to Mm -hmm. this virtual world where we have potentially a lot of friends, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's not really, you know, it's not the same thing as having an actual face to face conversation. That's right. No, it's not. It's not. I'm thinking about the, the 90 year old guy at the, at the table you were describing earlier, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. that sucks. You know? Yeah. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't imagine, to be honest with you, if I was there, I'd be like, put down your phone! <laughs> <laughs> Especially when I get 90, because I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really hard on my hubby when he's on his all the time. I'm like, rah! <laughs> you know, yeah. for many different reasons, but and then he'll fire back at me, while well, you're on yours all the time, too, and I'm like, rah! <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's just a huge right. thing, and and I wonder even in relationships, like how, I I imagine the cell phone is like the hugest thing that a lot of men and women have issues with. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And one thing that that Sonia and I have done and worked on is that, just in terms of routines, you know, we got in the habit at some point, you know, a few years ago of of you know bringing our you know our, our our phones were our alarm clocks, so we'd bring our phones to bed. And we got in this habit of just kind of like reading on our phones or scrolling through social media on our phones before bed. And it sort of eliminated any sort of connection or talking or intimacy a lot of times mm-hmm. right before bed. And then we're like, what are we, yeah. you know, it took us a while, but we got in this habit and we're like, what are we doing? And, yeah. you know, bought old-fashioned alarm clocks, got our phones out of there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this, this is just what we did, but, you know, people can do various versions of this. And it, it was such a game changer to have to either just, connect or hang out or cuddle or whatever or read an actual book just a total game changer well and i think you know i think the one thing as humans that we strive for is a connection and we're disconnecting like that's what scares me the most is it the one thing that drives us as humans is that connection whether it be with you know, family or friends, 
you have to have it. And if you don't have it, then you're not going to be fulfilled. Absolutely. Right? And this is, and, I think this is really tied in to the staggering number of especially young people suffering from depression, anxiety disorder, higher mm-hmm. rates of suicide than ever before. It's because we have yeah. siloed, isolated people. We, yeah. as humans, as you mentioned, need connection to, mm-hmm. to feel, you know, to feel whole, to feel fulfilled. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's scary. I know <clears throat> I, I actually told my son, I said, if I'm on my phone and I'm not listening, you need to tell me to get off my phone. Because sometimes I, you know, you know how we just you just get lost in it, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what he does, and I'm okay with it because <laughs> I, you know, if I'm not paying attention, then he will be, and I don't want him thinking that he's less important than my telephone. It, you know, that's yeah. just not acceptable. And you know, if we're doing this twenty, well, maybe not twenty four seven, but even for the better part of our day when we should be doing other things, especially if we have small children, you know, those poor kids are growing up thinking that, like, what are their beliefs? What are their values? What are they going to think? You know, I'm not good enough. You know, my parents don't have time for me. They'd rather be on their phone. I can never, they don't listen to me. I've heard my son say that before. You don't listen to me. And it was like, whoa, (laughs) you know, that hit me. Because yeah. I don't want him thinking that way, and that's it's not acceptable. And I know that this is, a, you know, at four years old, this is a very critical point for him. So I have to be aware. I have to know, and I have to be mindful of what I'm projecting out to him and modeling to him at the same time. Right, absolutely. And I think that you illustrated a really great point, which was kind of the flipping the tables or, like, in other words, you're not just the one calling the shots about who uses their phone when, but you're having him engage in a way and calling you out if you need to be called out mm-hmm. for being on your oh, phone too sure. much. And I think, I think that's really, really important and could, you know, that's huge. Yeah, well, I'm all about accountability, <laughs> even when it yeah. sucks sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and it does suck. Yeah, we, I, I deal yeah. with, with this with Sonia all the time, you know. <laughs> yeah. Practicing, yeah. Practicing what we preach, yeah. Well, and it's hard because we are human. We are imperfect. You know, we try to do, but it's, we are human. So, but I think, you know, that being mindful and being aware is, once you can do that, like everything changes, you know, and yeah, you kind of sometimes you'll get into a little bit of slump. Like you said, if something triggers you, you know, to maybe go to your phone instead of, but if you can be aware of that, then you can snap out of it and kind of be like, yeah. okay, smart up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah. We, we look at mindfulness and that practice as the foundation for being able to discern or decide, you know, what aspects of technology are you know, helpful for me and what are not. And I think that's so, such an important foundation to have because without that, you're mm-hmm. just going to be lost in the, in the vortex. Yeah. yeah. And one other thing that, I maybe you guys do this as well, but um, something that I did that really helped me, and maybe it's part of the mindfulness part, but I went into my memory um, and paid attention to my usage, so how much time I was using on my phone, and then I would yeah. try the next week to kind of lessen that number. So I made it kind of a challenge to actually stay off of it, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I found that was a really good way for me to just 
know how much time I'm actually spending on there. So, like, if I spent five hours in a week on Facebook, like, there's something wrong with that. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's and, and that's, that's a, Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's a really, really great point. That's something we try and we work to kind of get get clear on in the beginning is, like, ways to measure this and, and uh, being clear on, like, knowing how much time you're spending on these things. Because I think that's one of the sneaky things is that if you don't measure it, if you have no idea of the time, mm-hmm. uh, it, you don't really, you're not, it's right. It's a piece of the mindfulness, but you're not really aware of it. Right. Yeah. What you, yeah, exactly. what you measure, you can control. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay. if you break it down, I mean, considering you're sleeping so many hours of the day, you know, and if you're, if you're on a certain uh, program or app or whatever for, a good majority and I know for myself like I have a business well I have two businesses plus I have my kids and my hubby and I'm always complaining I don't have enough time but I can spend five hours a week on Facebook (laughs) yeah like it just doesn't even it doesn't even it's not even right you know when you look at it that way and that's what kind of made me realize the light bulb went off and I was like whoo I need to put my priorities in a different spot right yeah, absolutely. And and you just reminded me that here's a couple just little stats just to think about is that mm-hmm. uh, tweens, so tweens spend an average of six hours a day on using some sort of media and teens spend an hour average of nine hours a day. And this is from the common sense census. And oh. this is, I know that's a, that's a huge number. So they're, they're accounting for all types of media. So it could be, that could be screen time, but it could also be music, uh, video games, you know, different right. apps and things like that. So it's, it's not just Facebook or something like that, but it's still a, right. it's, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Well, it is nine hours out of a day because you sleep for pretty, well, I guess teenagers maybe don't sleep as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With babies, I get to have all the sleep I can get these days, but yeah, but yeah, it's just crazy. It's, they, and that's it's the thing. Is like, it's like, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think that's something we try and work with our clients on. Is you know, what what do you what do you want to be doing with this time? Like, you know, like what are some you know, getting them to think more in terms of goals and things like that? You know, just general coaching. That mm-hmm. I think it becomes really important when you see, you know, how much time is spent doing these things that really aren't really amounting to much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure they have things that they would rather be doing too. They just haven't really maybe thought about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because I know for myself, I mean, I, I could think of many things that I'd rather be doing than sitting on the phone. You know, if I actually thought about it. <laughs> yeah. So it's back yeah. back to the mind back to the mindfulness piece, right? And just being mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. having taking a step back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe in the future we'll see an app come out. You guys can put out some sort of app for mindfulness or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, in fact, there's, there's actually, yeah, it's a funny thing. There's a lot, there's actually things like that are out there. There's different sort of breathing, you know, meditation apps or mindfulness apps. They're certainly out mm-hmm. there. Right. And it is, that gets into a whole nother interesting world where it's like, now we kind of need, <laughs> need the, the device to do the, the practice right. which is it's you know right. better than certainly better than the alternative of you know just like mindlessly scrolling through facebook or something like that but um yeah. i think our belief is that there's just it there needs or it's so important 
at least for us, to have some time where it's just unplugged outside, mixing it up in the fresh air, you know, climbing yeah. trees, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I have to say, like, from when I was a kid, um, like, I'm 38, and when I was a kid, there was no such thing as cell phones or Facebook or anything like that. We played yeah. outside. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's yeah. what we did. We yeah. explored, we did things, we climbed things we weren't supposed to, you know, like, that's what we did as children. But the children nowadays, like, well, my kids play outside, they love it outside, but most kids, especially in the city, I find they're just glued to their technology or just being alone listening to music like it's it's a whole different world i think in the you know since i was a kid in 20 years yeah. things have changed so much <laughs> yeah absolutely and there there's a lot there's a lot of research going on right now kind of building evidence to show the connection between that time that you were describing when you're outside and there's really nothing there's no structure, but you're like you either by yourself or with your friends create some sort of game or some sort of thing or treehouse or you know you know, and and that those skills of creating like problem solving, creating something, entertaining yourself, are so critical for later in life like life development yeah. and, and and taking care of yourself, and that's yeah. not happening with with apps and the iPod no. and things like that, right? No, it's you know, the, the game's there, happen. yeah. What is happening is it's making a generation of entitlement is what I find. Like they just think everything will come to them or <laughs> yeah. should, you know, like, it, yeah. Oh, I'm good on Facebook. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I've got, I've got my you know, 750 friends on mm-hmm. Facebook. I'm good. No, yeah, everyone exactly. likes it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then not to mention all the bullying that goes on on the side too. Like there's right. a negative end to it too, that is so scary. And then these poor kids, they just, you know, keep putting themselves through it by scrolling it. And I'm like, Oh, what does the world come to? But what can they do really? Like that's, that's why I'm so thankful that you and your wife are, are doing this um, because there has to be, you know, like the message has to be, somebody has to be there to save these people, you know, these poor kids and adults alike. I mean, I think it's actually a full-blown addiction. Like I, I wouldn't even surprise me if they just name it an actual addiction. Yeah. There, there's a, popping up. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's, there's like different views and sort of psychology around, you know, is it an actual addiction or not? And there's a lot of people that believe it is. Some people, you know, it, the mm-hmm. data is just, collecting like piling up on on sort of exactly what you're describing and and this yeah this this, specifically for this generation uh who never had like you had or like i had the Mm -hmm. time without the smartphone they were you know born into a world of ipads iphones etc and didn't have that time where they had to figure it out on their own no and I remember when yeah. we were kids, if we said we were bored, we got put to work. <laughs> you just don't say you're bored. <laughs> you go yeah. do something, go find something to do. <laughs> <laughs> and now they've they got cell phones, they got everything, and they're still bored. <laughs> right. So, right. Uh, it is yeah, definitely yeah. A, a, a different world nowadays. But I will let you go on that note. Um, but I yeah, do, sure. again, I want to thank you. And please tell us. Uh, your website that people can get in contact with you if in case they want to um, talk further on this subject with you. Sure. The website is natureunplugged.com. So it's two words, okay. just nature and then unplugged. 
www.thepowerofpowerlifestyle.com. And I'll send you that. I think you have that link, so you can put it in the notes. And then my email, sure. happy, to, happy to continue the conversation, or if anyone has any questions or wants to connect, happy to connect. My email is sebastian at natureunplugged.com. Perfect. And, yeah. And thank you so much for the opportunity to be on and to talk. And it's always, always a pleasure. You're welcome. Really appreciate it. Yes, it is for sure. And we'll keep in touch because I want to, I want to know what you're doing. I think what you're doing is awesome and I want to see it. I want to see what it turns into because I think it's going to be, going to be big. Well, so thank you very much. And likewise, I'm looking forward to staying connected.